Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Rettiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for eyes society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. I'd like to welcome to the podcast Tova Flosu, uh, who is, uh, as I'm sure you all know, a Broadway star. She's received four Tony nominations. She's been in cabaret. She's been in film. And she's written a book called Lilyville, which I initially thought was Louisville. Uh, <laughs> Because, but her mother's name was not Louis. <laughs> Very good. I, I thought actually it was about a vill- a town in uh, Kentucky. But because uh, I have, is the book now out or is it about to be published? The book is out today. The book is out today. So and- if I want to get it, it would be like burn my hand. <laughs> the book is out today. It's at Barnes and Noble. It's at all your local bookshops, and of course, it's online with Amazon, uh, Target, uh, Walgreens, uh, whatever. And it's called Lilyville, and it's why Lily? Why Lilyville? Because when I was asked by Hachette Publishers to write a memoir, I've tried to figure out, like any actor, we audition our whole lives. How do I stop the conveyor belt on this particular autobiography, if you will? And I said, we don't make it an autobiography. We make it about the mother-daughter relationship. You go down to the universal. What is the river of common human experience? Well, the parent-child relationship, whether it's with a son or daughter, a mother or a father, is one of the universals for for all of us, for all things living, probably, not just just (laughs) homo sapiens. So I took a view of my life through my mother's eyes and a view of my mother's life through my eyes. And let me tell you about Lilyville. My mother, Lily, was born on a dining room table in the Bronx in 1911, and she lived till a robust 103 years young. And when I told her I wanted to be an actress, she said, why don't you just go into the kitchen, get my challah knife, stick it in my heart, and twist it. When I took her to Pippin to see me in Pippin, and she saw me stop the show singing upside down while simultaneously performing a full-out aerial act. I was 30 feet in the air without a harness. I brought down the house, and I asked her afterwards, I said, Mommy, Mommy, how did you like the show? And she said, Tova, that you should still have to earn a living like this, and on a trapeze yet. And the topper was when I took her to see me as Prime Minister Golda May Ear in the Broadway show Golda's Balcony, which would become the longest-running one-woman play in the history of Broadway, in a century. She said to me, Chauvai, rate your parts by how you look. Dolly Levi is a ten. Golda Meir, zero. Welcome to Lilyville. This is where my mother, Lily, reigns supreme. And all my parts, as you have mentioned, Dan, though they happen on Broadway or in Hollywood or in concert halls, they all took place in Lilyville for better or for exasperation. And that is what my book is about. It's very funny, but it does have a happy ending. After years of miscommunication, my mother lived long enough for the different trees that we lived on, the different trees, our branches began to bend toward each other and finally intertwine. 
Well, your mother sounds like my mother. My mother usually would call me up at any time in my growing up when I was off in college or doing my first work. And she would say one word, and it's going to sound very familiar. The word was, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And it was a, a woman of expectations, and I think you had the same, same, uh, the same one. But my mother, she lived to be 94, which was enough. And I, I remember the last time I saw her was out at Gosman's in Montauk with my my wife, and she looked wonderful. And then she she had been at a, at a book club in the morning and went to a restaurant, and she passed away in the restaurant. So it was a very easy way of leaving. But I don't think I ever really resolved this with her, but apparently you did. I think what they had in common, my mother was born in 1912, and your mother was born when, what year? 19, April the 18th, 1911. And before she was 30, like your mother, she was born before women's suffrage, before World War I. She lived through women getting the vote, World War I, the Spanish flu, the Roaring Twenties. She was an adolescent in the Roaring Twenties and entered NYU at 16 in 1927. The stock market crash of 1929, the Great Depression, and World War II, and this was all before she was 30. And the Holocaust, which had to be... She 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 lived through the Holocaust, but from New York City. She was yes. not a victim of the Holocaust. No, but we all had family there, I'm, I'm sure. Yes, I know that you you mentioned that your mother came from R Russia. My grandparents, my grandfather came from Minsk, Minsk Bernia, and his mother was killed in a pogrom. The Tsar sponsored uh, Easter pogroms right around this time. So your mother went to all of those things, as did my mother. Then you were born, and uh, what happened after that? And why is she? Why did you decide now, after all this time, to? Uh, write a memoir about her? Well, first of all, my mother was born before women's suffrage and I was born in the second wave of women's liberation. How does a Jewish mother who believes you can't have it all and a daughter who lives like you can get along? I see. They don't get along. More than that, my mother was a doer. She expressed her love through the mitzvahs, through works, uh, acts of, of kindness, let's say, and dutifulness. And yes. I'm a verbal kid, and uh, my father's a litigator, and I took very much after him. So I had a mommy who, for the first 18 years of her life, never said to me she loved me. That was pretty rough. That was my early socialization. And the irony is, uh, numerologically anyway, is my father died on May the 11th, 1996, and she would live, Lily would live for another 18 years. And in that 18 years as a widow, she particularly bloomed and blossomed and came forth. And she always told me she loved me. So I had a lifetime, a chai, if you will, 18, the, the Hebrew uh, letters for that are chai, for life. I had a lifetime without the words, I love you. And then the last 18 years of her life, I had, I love you in abundance. So it was uh, both ironic and joyful. The book has a very good ending, but we started as very disparate um, forces in, in the universe. And in many ways, my father saved my life. And uh, the wonderful Angela LaGreca said, what did your mother feel about you being an actor? When I asked to go to Juilliard, she said, you're not going to a trade school. <laughs>
That was her response, right. He says, if you're going to do acting, it's a trade. Might as well be a carpenter. If you're going to do acting, you'll do it for the rest of your life. Now get an education. So I was accepted at Smith and Vassar and Sarah Lawrence, and I desperately wanted to go to Vassar. And Dean Fitzgerald and Lily Kaplan said, no, no, you're so creative. Go to Sarah Lawrence. And I listened to my mommy, and I listened to my dean, and I went to Sarah Lawrence, and I learned to learn without grades. And in fact, my Don, Ilya Wax, was the one who said, I admitted to him, because you didn't get grades at Sarah Lawrence, you could admit your failures. And I was terribly afraid that I couldn't write because I had, quote, nothing to say. And of course I had things to say, but I was so corrected, Dan, and so fixed as a child, always fixed. The message is, you're not good enough. You, you, it's very disempowering. So I was afraid to write. And he said, you sure can talk. Talk to me about Hedda Gabler and push down, play, and record. Right. I was about to say. Type what you're saying, and then we will organize it. And it was Ilya Wax's first belief in me, followed by Uta Hagen, who was my actual teacher in acting. While I was at Sarah Lawrence, I commuted down to study with Uta Hagen, and I couldn't have done that had I gone to Vassar. Perhaps he'd be way too far away. And uh, those two people really believed in me. And uh, I held on to their belief in the sea of change that would happen at the Guthrie, where I was trained as a classical actress, and then when I came to Broadway. You know, the tide comes in, the tide goes out, Dan. We both live, yeah. I'm sure, near the ocean. That's why I chose to live in Long Island and not in beautiful upper state uh, New York. Uh, well, you know, Uta Hagen uh, lived in Montauk, and I knew her. Uh, she was a remarkable woman. Remarkable. Did you, did you ever come out to, to her house in, in Montauk? No, I was 17 when she took me into her studio. I was her youngest student, and yeah. she was so wonderful to me. I It was through her that I learned to teach, and I've taught at Yale and NYU and Cornell briefly, and, and mostly as, as the teacher of my own children. She was the one, she would watch sometimes terrible scene work, terrible, and she would say, that's interesting. Why don't we try it this way? Oh, never say, that's horrendous. Why are you wasting my time showing me this? unbelievable that is i cannot believe this work it is not credible she never ever shot us down she said that's interesting so when i coach soccer for the five to ten year old girls for the city of new york for my daughter they didn't have coaches so amanda turned to me and said mommy please coach i was like four pages ahead in the coaching book for soccer the kids would come to me we were i think we were the uh, 14 carats or we were the purple barbies i remember we had the kids were five and they'd say coach coach i made a goal i made a goal with my elbow and i always said that's interesting how interesting. What, I got an idea. Why don't we try it? Let's try it with our feet. Let's try a goal with our foot. Let's try it. But I never canceled them out because I, I had suffered so at the at the hands of my mother. And, and wow. it's not that she was cruel. And your mother wasn't cruel either, Dan. They were children of immigrants. They were born in the lap of some kind of fear. And if they weren't, somehow they intuited that the, that the world was a fearful place. And you better be cautious. And you better be ready. And I, I, I was not born into that world. How did the curtain go up between you and your mother after your father died? When did that happen? And was it slow or did it happen suddenly? Well, she came into fully her own soon after he died because we were all in lily worship. She was the only survivor of my six aunts and six uncles and my father. My Both parents were one of four children. So 13 people had died and she was the one person who was still alive and the family started to gather around her. It was a crown that she didn't ask for, but in fact was thrust upon her, and she was great at it. 
Our first rapprochement was my marriage to Andrew Harris Levy. There's a wonderfully hysterical chapter in a very moving chapter about my wedding to Andy on March 20th, 1977. The minute I fell in love with a Harvard lawyer and my father was a Harvard lawyer, she said, oh my God, thank God, Tova will have a haven. There'll be a safety valve for this thing she calls a career. And I had already done Yentl. I'd already gotten five awards for my work off-Broadway and on-Broadway in Yentl. It was my first marquee. But on the day of my marriage, she said, Tova, you can do anything you want now. And I figured she was going to say movies, television, you know, you're doing so you're marrying a Harvard lawyer. Right. <laughs> so it all worked out. I have a question from what you had talked about earlier. How do you sing upside down on a trapeze? How, what was what was the actual? How did you wind up there? Well, first of all, to sing, you have to lift the soft palate. So if you're upside down, the soft palate's already lifted. You're upside down. And um, uh, the song was all about, oh, 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 we have to start living. You know, it all has to do with the extension of life and the full life movement. So it was a great achievement. And God bless Diane Paulus. Look, you put an old bird hanging upside down on a trapeze and it engenders hope in everyone. And that's what happened to me. That part, if you fulfilled the requirements of that part, which was to sing No Time at All by Stephen Schwartz upside down while doing a full, and I mean a full-out trapeze act, 30 feet in the air, no mat, no harness, you're going to stop the show. And I, I had the privilege of uh, being in Pippin for six glorious, glorious months and wouldn't mind being in it still if it were still running. I loved it. So the book is going to be out today is when it opens? Opens April 13th. 13, of course, is that mystical number where a Jewish boy or girl becomes a Jewish man or woman. It's the bar and bat mitzvah. I know in, in some communities, 12 is considered for women because we're oh so advanced. But I was bat mitzvah my 13th, in my 13th year of life. So it's wonderful. I'm a first-time memoir author. And this memoir is not just about me. It's about the parent-child relationship and the importance of early socialization. And also, it's 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 damn funny, if I may say so myself. I My job is to keep you I laughing. My mother came to see Miss Saigon, and she said, isn't the point of theater not to have the helicopter? And yeah. was her comment on that piece. And there are Lilyisms and Tovaisms between each chapter. Oh, I wrote it as a theater piece. Instead of getting, instead of having uh, sections, I have acts. I wrote it in three acts. With two intermissions, instead of having chapters, you have scenes. Instead of having a prologue, you have an overture. Instead of having an afterword, you have exit music. Instead of having acknowledgments, of which I owe many people such a debt of gratitude for their help, uh, how they helped me with this book, there's a cast party. And I list all the myriad of uh, wonderful uh, human beings who made this book possible. What is, uh, what's next on your agenda? Do you have anything planned? Next on my agenda, I've been asked to go to, to California to uh, do a play about uh, Ruth K. Westheimer, and it's going to be filmed in California. It's called Becoming Dr. Ruth by uh, Marc Saint-Germain, and I hope everyone will see it. Maybe we'll be able, uh, even after the filming, maybe we'll able, be able to do a production in the East Coast, maybe even in the Hamptons, who knows. And then after I do Dr. Ruth on August 25th, I'm at the Hampton Book Fair. The, Ham the East Hampton Library Book Fair, the big, big book fair. I don't know that we'll be under a tent, but we'll certainly be on Zoom. I know. I, mean, I love that book fair. It raises a lot of money for the library as well. Fabulous. I was honored when they asked me. And, and next week I will be with 
uh, Harvard uh, University asked me to do the uh, Harvard bookstore up there on April 20th, and that's a free Zoom. And then April 21st, Temple Emanuel here in New York City has a big author's night. I was very, very pleased to be asked at the 20th and 21st. All free Zooms. Just key in. I'll tell you more stories and hope to get you laughing and remind you that anything is possible. If you don't get along with your parents, it's possible to get to figure it all out and to have intimacy and joy. Remember the Persian saying, a branch in order to bear fruit must learn to bend. Well, my mother and I, who lived on two separate trees, eventually our branches bent toward each other and we intertwined. That's wonderful. And I want to thank you for being on my podcast and I look forward to the book. I'll get myself a copy at this bookstore and remember my mother as I read about yours. Thank you so much, Dan. And uh, I may have mentioned it before, but a, a mainstay of this book was written when uh, we were in Quag for nine months from March 2020. I had COVID from March 9th to 19th. And on March 20th, our uh, 43rd, now we've had our 44th, our 43rd wedding anniversary came out to Quag, and we did not leave till Christmas. And I have a lot to thank uh, the beauty of the Hamptons, the welcoming of the sea. You know, I speak to my mother in the sea. I went to the sea every day in Quag and spoke to my mother, Lily, in the ocean. And uh, uh, the impingement of nature on us as we enjoy the beauty of Long Island is uh, not to be underestimated. And I, I, I thank the Hamptons for all they contributed to Lilyville. Um, and we thank you for writing this book. My guest has been Tova Felshu. I will see you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.